Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. If it's still there, that's Gorgon's Tavern. Unless she's sick in a way that's contagious. On the bingo card, Doran. Oh, no. When we're in a dorm city, there's some certain protocols. Hi, we're friends. Mr. Doran Iron Fist. Bingo card. Hey, I should take great offense to that. This explains so much. Clearly, things down here find you, friend. Parchment on everything. Perfectly understandable. Recently a gnome, yep. Chancellor. Chancellor. Chancellor Gautier. I think it means something like money. (laughs) Welcome back to Dice Shame. This is Season 2, Episode 70, Hammer Home. MVP this week is Alex Nersal, who was nominated by Anonymous. They wrote... Alex's spoilers, wrong answers only in the Discord has been amazing, and her gameplay is inspiration-worthy. Thanks so much for the nomination, Anonymous, and congrats, Alex. Yeah, congrats. All right, shall we do this? Yeah, let's play some D&D. Woo! Aliens. You know? Whoa! Oh, oh God! God. Enough said. Gotta love them. Do they exist? Do they not exist? Who knows? I mean, probable, probable are. Enough said. <laughs> Let's play D and D. You know, I would say aliens in general fall into you know two big groups. You know, you got like the xenomorphic types, which are like 
seemingly mindless monsters you know you got like those you got tons of movies and literature about these mindless creatures and then you got kind of like the more humanoid meant to be a reflection of us in some form you know maybe they don't look necessarily humanoid always but they act pretty humanoid you know the martians clearly those writers are kind of filtering them through their own experience and i say this because i just watched Alien 3. Great movie. Great movie. The uh, Which one is that one? Oh, the shaved head Sigourney. Yeah, it's the one directed by David Fincher, yeah. which he like, you know, abandoned, but The Penal Colony one. Really really okay, really, yeah, really good. Yeah. But anyway, um out of the two sort of types, and obviously there're more. I'm getting big and broad here. Which do you think are more likely to exist? Do you think out there there is just this like, you know, crab legs, you know, morph creature scuttling across or do you think there is some humanoid type of creature that's not just a organism that reproduces and kills, but kind of has society and culture the way that we do. And then third part to this question is, if you were to imagine an alien out there, what do you think it would be like? And it can be a third type of category. Nursal, xenomorphic, humanoid. What do you think's out there? See, I think out there it's, it's going to be something xenomorphic because I think that like it's going to be on other planets with different atmospheres and makeups of all this stuff and that it's too narrow-minded to imagine that they're all going to be sort of like humanoid it's like bipedal yeah and just being like oh they're going to be living on an earth-like planet and stuff like that because i i think life could live on in conditions that we can't even imagine but my problem is that i've watched a lot of star trek so when i imagine Mm. an alien my brain just like imagines a person with a bunch of shit on their forehead so i'm just like sure 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 Sexy green lady. A wharf. Why not? (laughs) Yeah, like, I don't know, paint her green and put some ridges, like, right in the middle of her head. And you're like, good enough, Mm -hmm. she's a beta zoid. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes you're, like, not even going to do anything. They're like, I don't know. They're just, like, a lady. And she's kind of different. (laughs) But I'm psychic. And that's that's maybe a great way to put it. There's, like, kind of the, yeah, there's, like, the xenomorphic view of the universe where, like, every alien is clearly an alien, you Mm -hmm. know? Like, movies like Arrival and, like, all those kind of weird. And then there's, like, the Star Trek you know, of the world, uh, yeah. where is almost every creature that you in- encounter, other than a weird tar thing, is like yeah. you know pretty much a humanoid. But you would say it's it's xenomorphic type. Yeah, thing. I think that it's more likely you're to come across something that's like some weird like organism that's like four giant cells that like all blob together or like is like a goo thing or like has Mm -hmm. like weird spooky exoskeletons versus like more squishy humans because i think that we are truly the freaks of the universe where you're like speak for yourself (laughs) (laughs) just out here being like I've thought of another alien. It's just a person with more stuff on their forehead. I put some little leopard spots right here. It I, I think it's, it's backwards, though. It's I walked through the stuff aisle at the store, and I've got so many new aliens to make. Mm. <laughs> Shut up, Gene. Get back to work. This is my job. Yeah. Uh, there, was a, there was a Hank Green Twitter tweet. I don't know whatever they are these days. Oh, yeah. Uh, a while ago that stuck out to me, and I had to go find it because it was... So the the universe is like 13.7 billion years old, which is hugely old. Life has existed on Earth for 30% of that time. That's pretty big. Like a significant part of the time that the universe had existed, life has existed. Lots of that time, it was like little single-celled whatevers. Most of it. And so to my mind, I think little single-celled whatevers are the most likely 
other extraterrestrial life we're going to find. Yeah. But to to sort of step back into maybe the 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 fun zone. I'm really I'm, <laughs> well. I'm I'm way more interested in quote, the unquote. I think I think the exciting part of alien fiction is that idea of being alive at a time to meet other cultures from really different perspectives and as a lens to to look at that in all the ways uh, we wish that had gone on earth or we would like to see it go in the future or it's that sort of like I want to you know I want to go sail around to another planet and meet a new people and see what that's like I think that's the fun sort of adventure part of those stories that that definitely clicks with me and who would want to do that with a xenomorph type alien all out there right you just get eaten constantly well don't let one on your ship yeah <laughs> that's what they say did you bring the android that has the secret thing that says put the xenomorph on the ship don't bring you him. always need an android oh. you need an a b c mm. D. you need an e android <laughs> there's no e or f yet <laughs> no because they're all named after that i can't remember the guy in the first one but ian holmes it starts with an a and then bishop so it's like and then android bandroid Android, Dandroid. <laughs> yeah, they're really an, explicit Android. about it. They want to hammer this message. Android and a Fandroid. And like, done. Zandroid. Twenty-six <laughs> movies. The like, end. Dandroid. <laughs> just a man. Hi. Hi. I'm Dandroid. Yeah, just call him Dandroid. I mean, it's better than Fandroid, who just wants to help. Like, is just so excited about everything you're doing. <laughs> Do you think it's more likely that in our lifetime we will encounter an alien race, or? robots that were sent out thousands of years ago from said alien race that will just land on our oh hold on i got a movie idea i gotta write down (laughs) (laughs) you know i think on the grand scale truly i i would i i truly believe it's probably something more along the lines of what rob was saying you know like there's microorganisms out there and that's probably the life that we'd find if we went exploring but that's not fun no offense rob and i think you'll agree even (laughs) fuck you rob (laughs) but and i I don't even know why i said no offense rob i'm so sorry (laughs) i'm sorry i had such a bad idea it looked a baby (laughs) no but i guess i I guess um in my mind i like to think that I would hope that's more exciting than that. You know, that they're like giant aliens that are just feet that walk around. And and then we meet them and they're like, wait a minute, you each have individual thoughts? How weird is that? And then all the feet go marching together, you know? It would be nice. That's like more of a, a hitchhiker's guide type vibe. To Very them. much. Yeah. Which... I would agree is kind of the best take on on how a hyper intelligent shade of blue or whatever mm, yeah or just yeah, dolphins yeah, you know what I mean? yeah. Being and it might surprise you fun. but I've been watching also a lot of the next generation myself and they and they do you have I have yeah and they do cover off a bunch of like of those scenarios like when they run into the. Uh, the thing that lives in the vacuum of space and it's like communicating them with them from like a different time encounter at far point oh god i can't honestly <laughs> i think i'm mixing up two no. ideas but yeah we're not going there but uh, but i think the what the funniest part, part about that show is again you know it's like aliens they just put shit on their face so much so that you know in order to disguise themselves they literally are like oh we'll just do cosmetic makeup on our forehead yeah, it's That's so good. Funny. I'm going undercover with the Bajoran people. <laughs> yeah, and not like, not like, oh, they do that for the show. Like, they do that in the show, like, as yeah. the characters. <laughs> I don't know. For me, that threw me off. That's awesome. What about you, Joe? 
I mean, I think that it's almost extremely, extremely likely that there is alien life somewhere in the universe, right? But that we will ever interact with them is probably not very likely. However, I, I guess I just, there's so much biodiversity just on our planet and, and so many, like across the, the eons of time, you know, Rob was talking about pre-Cambrian explosion and single cellular life and all that stuff. And just to think about how many different kinds of plants and animals have existed on earth that we'll never even be able to comprehend because they didn't leave a fossil record. Like mm-hmm. there's so much incredible diversity of life that we could just have here on earth that would feel so alien to us to to perceive mm-hmm. that yeah all right david Adler. it'd be so fucking cool to just be an eyeball on another planet to see what they fucking came up with like a yeah. whole other to be an eyeball on the planet of only feet <laughs> man. that's some metaphorical bullshit right there man what? Yeah, like <laughs> Oh, to be an eyeball on the planet of uh, Speaking of giant feet, should we go wreck some giant feet? Yeah, let's oh, do no. it. Let's get down to business, oh, motherfuckers. That was fun. <laughs> oh my god. You round the corner of a tunnel to behold a massive cavern below you, whose upper reaches are shot through with several slanted beams of light. The town of Scarborough is spotlit by these beams, competing with warm lights shining from deep within its buildings, forge light and lantern light and furnace light and cook fire light. The town is ringed by an impressive stone wall whose perimeter is pierced by a handful of gates as well as a black, slow-moving river, the shores of which are smooth, markless stone. From your vantage point midway up on the northwestern wall of the canyon, you can see several large statues overlook the majority of the buildings, and a central grouping of large stalagmites appear to have been carved out and occupied. Your path down towards the city is steep, but carved with worn stone steps whose every turn and twist take you closer to the place that one of you used to call home. That one of you was me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited to get there. Ah, yes, Scarborough. Where I was born. (laughs) Where I used to call home. (laughs) (laughs) Well... Now that we've seen it, we can go. What? what? And Doran turns around and does <laughs> one of those things where you guys hold his elbows off no, the ground. No, 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 no. As he starts to run, he's like... And Red Light puts his hands on your shoulders and turns you back around. Not getting off that easy. Oh, but Red... No, 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 no. You are going in there and you're kissing your mother on the forehead. Oh. Two dwarfs kiss. Unless she's oh, no. sick in a way that's contagious that we wouldn't want oh, yeah. to... Oh, yeah. Hopefully they're not contagious. No, we kiss. Of course we kiss. Just like everybody else kisses. And he kind of stands there for a moment and kind of taking it all in. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Stop wasting time. Red walks forward towards the gates. Oh, look. He'll do anything but walk forward. 
Mari's just following Red, just kind of looking around because she's never been even close to a dwarven city. So she's just like, what? Yeah, so this is like a big cavern and Scarborough's all on the bottom and you guys kind of entered like up halfway on the bowl of like the rim of this cavern and you're heading down steps towards one of the gates right now. The acoustics in here are fantastic. Fantastic. Doran, what area did you live in? Well, if if everything's still the same, then uh, he's kind of pointing and he says, he follows the path with his finger and he points. He kind of moves to the right. He goes, I think if it's still there, that's Gorgon's Tavern. Hopefully it hasn't changed owners or names. You never know. But my home was just up the street from there. Finally, with your feet on the cavern floor, you make your way towards the town's walls. The parapet here is topped with chiseled stone braziers carved as stern-looking dwarven faces, but only every other brazier is lit along this stretch of wall. It would appear that the gate you're approaching is a lesser-traveled one. The gate before you bears little ornament, apart from well-worked iron, though it is firmly closed. An armed dwarf on the inside of the gate nods at your party as you approach. Oh there! My name is Red, this is my best friend Jack, and my best friend Mari, uh, and Alistair, and my very best friend, Mr. Doran Ironfist. <laughs> and Doran sort of uh, brushes by Red and walks up to the, the guard and he says, I'm sorry, uh, my tabaxi friend here is a bit of a chatterbox. What? He just likes to talk a lot and introduce everybody what? that we meet. Well, Red's Rovers. That's my whole thing. I, I introduce us. We're Red's Rovers. And then I do the introduction thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. It's on the bingo card and everything. <laughs> it's on the bingo card, Doran. <laughs> you see Doran's demeanor kind of change to like this serious person. Listen, Red. When we're in a dorm city, you have, there's some certain protocols. All right. He turns back to the guard. We came in the western... Uh, entrance over there and uh, should be noted that we uh, came across some cultists that were uh, trying to hatch a wormling uh, dragon's egg they, they mentioned clarion you might want to get some guards out towards that end of the uh, the tunnel the guards eyebrows climb as he listens to your story door and iron fist Yes, he... It's good to see you well, and I note <laughs> your report about the cultists. It's good to see you too. Though I cannot offer ye a welcome. Huh? You can't come in. And the smile that appeared on Doran's face vanishes almost as quickly as it appeared. What do you mean? Orders of Chancellor Gautier Brighthelm. And you recognize that name, Doran. Gautier Brighthelm is your cousin. Though you didn't know that he was Chancellor. Chancellor? Chancellor? Chancellor Gautier? I think it means something like money. <laughs> Doran turns around and walks away and does a big circle as he <laughs> yells, Chancellor? You've got to be kidding me. Chancellor. I, I missed something. What's going Wait, why can't we get into the city, sir? I'm not to give ye or your party any accommodations whatsoever. Wait, we what? can't get Who? in either? What? How the hell did he become chancellor? Since when? You'll have to speak with the chancellor. What if we have to use the toilet? You can find him in his manor house overlooking the city there. Oh. And he points at a series of specks of light up and to the west. Ah, we just came from there. I know where the chancellor's house is. 
You don't need to point it out to me. Thank you very much for your service, soldier. And he uh, salutes you, Doran. Yeah, and Doran salutes back. Uh, can you tell us if it's at least a good thing or a bad thing? Yeah, it's... he shakes his head at you. All right, you're just doing your job. Soldier, what is your name? Fucking... <laughs> Bingo Mark. card. Uh, I, lo- I love doing that, too. Mark the dwarf. I pulled Doran away. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Let's just go. No, 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 no. I want... I... Listen, Mark. <laughs> I understand. I'm not coming in right now. Listen. But, you know, I've traveled a long way. and You got to hear me out. I can sense you're not supposed to give me any information. But you know my mother. You know of her. Doreen Ironfist. Listen. I, I, I'm just asking you. From one dwarf to another. You'll love your mother, of course. Tell me. Is she alive? He nods at you. Thank you. Red steps up and says, Look, Mark, would you be able to at least carry a message? A really simple one from Doran. Uh, to Doreen. Next time you're in the city, I promise we won't say word to the Chancellor. Just... Let her know that her son is here. Please, it would mean the world to him. He came because he knew that she was sick. Could you do that? I'll see what I can do. Please. And Red just leans in close and says, For a boy to his maybe dying mom. Please. What's the message? And Red gestures to Doran. Um, please tell my mother that... Doran is here to see her. Thank you. Sure. And that he loves her. Um, sure. Um, I love her. Thank you. And Doran and Red step away. Uh, let, let's go. Let's let's go see the Chancellor then. Uh, you know, maybe it's just a meet and greet. Who knows? M- maybe he just wants to say hi to you before sending you off into the city. It's, it's probably something simple. Paperwork, you know? Jack loves paperwork. <laughs> Words are my favorite. <laughs> I love paper. I love words. I like turtles. <laughs> yeah. Very I like much trains. So I like turtles. Books. <laughs> and we head up to the Chancellor's house. Mm-hmm. Brighthelm Manor is not that far away. Probably a half hour walk from you right now. You have to ascend the stairs you came down, unfortunately, and approach Scarborough through some tunnels from a different direction. So you're definitely getting your exercise today. My thighs are so tired. <laughs> Luckily, I know the way. But you know, it really... I, I can't tell you why he barred us from the city. Barred me from the city. But also, how the hell that... That messy, macho, charming, goofy ham tart got to be chancellor? Hey, people change, Doring. You never know. Wait, what kind of ham tart? What's a ham tart? That sounds absurd. Well, you know, they're just... Full of <laughs> oh, you mean a Saskatoonian ham tot? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's different now. I've heard of that. But. Oh. Like a Saskatoon yes. berry. Yeah, they have oh. healing properties. That's good berry. The fucking Saskatchewan of Forgotten Realms over here. <laughs> so. Darn people change. I used to be, believe it or not, a little bit of a goofball before I came over here and straightened out. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. Sure have. <laughs> that voice, all of all of the hair on Mari's neck just stood up. <laughs> Whoa. What? But why the hell have I been barred from the city? You ever been to the Chancellor's house before? Uh, I don't think so. I can't say I have. He I egged mean, it when we were yeah. younger. <laughs> One time we yeah. went through a bunch of paper all over it, parchment <laughs> on everything. You're traveling through a dark passageway when you notice 
A little mushroom along the side of the path, sheltered under a rocky overhang. Hmm. Yeah. It's got a short, stumpy little stem with a tallish cap, maybe five or six inches tall. And as you approach, it moves, taking a hmm. couple of little steps towards you. <gasps> oh. Don't you look like you want to be eaten. No, don't. It's another uh, myconid, I think. Yeah. I haven't seen one of these around here. Mari sort of leans her staff out towards it. Pushes its belly like uh, like the Pillsbury Doughboy. <laughs> yeah, she gives it a little nudge with her staff. No, they're, they're good. You're fine, Mari. Go go talk to it. Hmm. Mari, as you do that, it's a, it's a dusty purplish color. And as you approach it with your staff, it fluoresces kind of gently at you. There's this wave of indigo pinpoints and hmm. it seems to be like communicating almost like a like an octopus would sort of hmm. so like the colorations in its skin we we met them before uh, jack where was that uh shadow top cathedral we it was in the high forest yeah jack's going to try and think really hard hi we're friends at this thing yeah. just to see if there's any enough telepathic spores or something the last group used to get us all talking maori they use telepathic spores to communicate it just thinks Nice thoughts. She bends down and kind of gets close to it. It seems to have these little bulbous arms or legs protruding from its stem. Now that you can see it up close, it looks like if it has a face, it's hidden underneath this tall cap. She, She holds a hand out. And it gets a little bit closer and kind of inspects you, but doesn't touch you. You want a ride, buddy? You're looking for a place to chill out? We can keep you safe. It, like walks towards you, Red, and does like a little circle around one of your feet, um, inspecting you, and then walks over to Doran and looks him up and down. And then it moves to Elister, and it sees these like bare gray dwarf feet. And it looks up at him and then tries to start hoisting itself up onto Elister's foot. <laughs> fluorescing all the while. I think it likes you. Or it's trying to kill you. I can't really tell. I, it likes him. It likes him. All right. Alistair's like looking down at this thing like <laughs> almost in distaste a little bit. Alistair, they're normal. Uh, they're, they're, they're creatures like you and me. And, and Duragar live down here. So maybe it sees you as a friend. Oh, maybe. All right. He reaches down and he picks the thing up, like setting it in its palm and looking closely at it. And then he just puts it on his shoulder, kind of with a shrug. I don't know what to do with it. Just let him hang out. Maybe he'll talk in a little bit. He's probably shy. (laughs) The little uh, myconid like waves a tiny little hand at you, Red. Hello. Hi. (laughs) And that's what happens. Dun 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 dun. dun. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what happens. Yeah. It's a real soft landing. Red walks over to Elister and uh, kind of like inspects the mushroom and and then he's like, let's keep going. It's still a bit. And he hangs back with Elister as we're walking. He's like, you know, this is a whole new world for you. There's there's nothing wrong with embracing it. Clearly, things down here find you, friend. Lee? Yeah, I guess it feels kind of good. Yeah. You need to pick me up, you know? And uh, if he does talk to you, see if you can learn what he needs. Hopefully he's not in trouble or, or any of his family is in trouble or anything like that. And don't eat him. 
We had a friend trying to do that, and it was a Wait, bad idea. Wait, did they eat idea. No, no, no. I mean, no. <laughs> what? What? But you said don't. No, you said for it not to eat. No, look, ask Doran more about this stuff than I do. I mean, they must eat something, so I, I kind of had to think about it for a second. But no, no, you're fine. You're fine. You're yeah, good. don't worry about it. All right. And Red skips up. <laughs> really settled his nerves on that one. I don't know. <laughs> Through a wider set of tunnels, you come to the straight walls and edges of a surprisingly nice-looking manor house set into the rock wall like some protruding gem formation. It overlooks a chasm of space and surely provides a gorgeous view from its setting in the upper reaches of the larger Scarborough Cavern. A columned entrance nearby supports a slab of polished rock cut into fanciful geometric shapes and underneath a dwarf-sized door flanked by burning torches. None of this is built for someone who's six feet tall. I've realized that. Nope. No. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> welcome to my world. <laughs> Touche. Literally, welcome to my world. <laughs> Thanks, Dorian. <laughs> At least you're not banging your head on everything. This is not Mirabar where there are equal populations of humans and dwarves and so there are doors for each this is a dwarf city i'm just i have to apologize to you three because when i go to a town i walk freely through very very tall unsized doors for people and when you come here you experience the same thing except you have to crawl or at least duck where oh <laughs> oh through the door hey before we head into here uh Doran, there's no reason that we have to doubt your cousin, right? Like, he's just a goofball. This is all probably on the up and up, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, put it this way. <laughs> I don't know why he's barred me from the city. I mean, after all, uh, he's my cousin on my father's side. You know, I have fond memories of spending years at his side, at his... He had a little... couple little stores in and around Scarborough. He had some good success. I don't have a reason to distrust him, except for this experience right now of being barred from the city. I mean, <laughs> who knows what goes on behind those political doors, as he points at the house. All right. Uh, we've been in that situation before. We'll all play it cool, but we'll be friendly. Yeah. <laughs> He's family, after all. Exactly. He doesn't want anything from you, so... You don't owe him money or anything. Yeah, you don't owe him money or anything, do you? Uh, I don't <laughs> think so. All right, then Red reaches over your shoulder and knocks on the door. After a minute, the door is opened by a male dwarf with a relatively short beard and a chubby face. He's wearing a scabbard with a sword on his back and a chain shirt, but no other armor. He looks from face to face, his eyes resting on Doran several times. Uh, what can I help you with? Red goes to do the introductions, but stops, remembering what Doran said. Well... Dorinianfis is the name. I'm here to see, uh... Ah, yes. This is, uh, Chancellor Brighthelm's home. Come on in. Here, uh, you can set your things down here if you like. And he's gesturing to a wall-mounted set of weapon hooks, some chests and things. As you come in, you're in this big front hall area. It's nicely furnished, if a little more functional than for entertaining. So there's, like, this big planter in the middle that is growing all these different species of underground plants and it's like clearly meant to be a decorative piece for the room but then also off to the side there's like a couple of carts and some barrels 
and the carts are just full of leather sacks and like wooden crates and stuff so it's just kind of like a mess in the front hall a little bit Doran looks at the pile of stuff and the stuff hanging on the wall and he turns to the man at arms and he says if this is a request to disarm we'll abide but otherwise I mean we're, we're fine carrying our stuff and he kind of turns to the other three yeah I'd feel more comfortable with my bow on still uh he gestures to the sword on his back and he says, you can carry your weapons if you like. I just figure adventuring folk like to put down their things. Whatever. Yeah. No, it's appreciated. And it's nice to know that we don't have to disband our weaponry as, as we've done in so many other places. It's nice to see that that hasn't disappeared. <laughs> no, make yourself at home. Maybe once we know uh, why we're here, we can get more comfortable. Uh. Yeah, of, of course. Let me go get Gautier for you. Um, Here, make yourselves at home. There's a sitting room just to your left here. Give me a minute. And he just gestures to an open door and then disappears down the hallway. Thank you. I mean, we could be in and out for all I know, right? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Doran leads the way into the sitting room and he immediately walks over to the barrel of beer that's sitting in the corner. It's customary. <laughs> it's customary that in every single dwarven home, there's always going to be a large thing of some brew, ale, mm-hmm. or wine. Would you like one? Jack? Um? Murray? Red? Of course. Hey, as uh, Jack said, do what the dwarven do in the dwarven... If, it, it feels like it would be rude to say no, uh, Jack says while he's poking around, like not touching too much, but snooping through all of the other piles of junk that are in here. Well, it is rude to say no. Yeah, Mari's just looking around. She's not even really paying attention to that. She's just taking it in from her weird crouched height. <laughs> yeah. The sitting room is lit with the bright embers from a dying fire of a massive hearth. It occupies an entire wall of this room. And all along in front of this hearth, there's a low shelf that is decorated with these cushions. Like you would sit on this stone ledge that is in front of the fire. Mm. On the adjacent wall, large windows are cut from the stone and set with clear glass through which you can see the city of Scarborough from a dizzying height. The room otherwise has a handful of comfortable pieces of dwarven furniture as well as two chairs sized for larger human-sized creatures. Oh! Red walks right over to one of those. Oh! Ah. And then he's like about to sit down and he's like, uh, oh, Mari, you, you you might as well take one of these. Uh, Jack, you can take the other. I'm I'm all right, Red. You can you can take a seat. And she sort of she's kind of got her neck cricked over, and she's like like looking around. But she goes over and stares at the window and looks out over the city. The walls here are unadorned except for two tapestries. One showing Moradin with both his hands resting on the long handle of his hammer. The other is worked to appear as abstract from initial inspection. Uh, all right. Red goes to sit down and then doesn't. He immediately like starts looking at a shelf of like trinkets and his like <laughs> fingers dance <laughs> along the tops of them. Mm-hmm. And then he like licks his fingertips like, no, 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 I'm not going to take that. That would be silly. That'd be stealing. That'd be so wrong. <laughs> and he just like m- mumbles to himself looking at all these like really cool chancellor trinkets. Do you crouch trinkets. to hide? <laughs> I've cast pass without trace. <laughs> You've got a brand new bag of holding to fill with goodies, Red. No, I have the bag of holding. Oh, that's right. Say goodbye to the library. Mari, you've got a brand new bag of holding. <laughs> to fill with Red's trinkets. <laughs> <laughs> Doran fills five large tankards of, of ale and passes four of them out to his companions here in the room. 
And he says, uh, here, cheers. To, uh, to Moradin and to, uh, Red's Rovers. Hey, cheers. Cheers. Here, here. Cheers. It's rude in, in dwarven culture to, to not accept a drink. And it's also extremely rude to not help yourself to a beer when you're entering, uh, the home of, a of a public servant. Sounds a lot like the Guthrie house. This explains so much. Jack, where are you settling? I think he's hovering around the chair so that he could sit if it looked like he was being too snoopy in all of the other stuff. Like, he hasn't quite got to opening boxes yet or anything, but he is shifting things around to see what's under what and just to poke around and and get a sense of what this room is full of. There's a lot to take in. Yeah. Shelves, you know, all over the place. There are chests of goods. It seems like... Not only is Gautier a merchant and the chancellor now apparently of Scarborough, but a collector of oddities. What's the oddest thing that I see? A troll skull. Whoa. Curious. As you are all enjoying your ale and rifling through the contents of this chamber, (laughs) respectively, a dwarven man who looks a lot like Doran except his beard is a rusty brown color and he's very clean, comes bounding into the room. Doran Iron Fist by Morden's beard. It's been an age since I saw you last. I see you've grown your eyebrows back just fine. And he like barrels into you and gives you a giant hug. <laughs> Go tear. And it's that hug that ends in like, you pressing your forehead against the other person's forehead and like trying to see who's the stronger neck by like forcing your head forward on the other person. And there's this like awkward tense moment of like 45 (laughs) seconds of just like head pushing and like not any much sound. The cords in your (laughs) neck just straining underneath your beards. And then it's over as soon as it's begun. We pull away. And Doran's companions! Hi. 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 Yes. This is red-handed Robin, my tabaxi companion. And this watery lass over here, this is Mari. Mari, what's your last name again? Charmed, I'm sure. He doesn't know my last name either. Don't worry. We're just so used to, you know, this water water lady. And then, of course, Jack Page from the House of Wands in, in Waterdeep. That's Alistair. I can't believe that you have also attained such status of a politician. And no wonder, look at this wonderful view. (laughs) Gautier, I don't know how you swindled your way up the ladder, but (laughs) I'm impressed. Plenty of details soon, Doran, soon enough. You're you're all welcome here in my manor. Uh, Good, good. As I said, uh, Gautier Brighthelm, you can call me Honorable Chancellor if you want to be a fucking dipshit about titles, but I'm just Gautier to my friends. (laughs) Oh, it is nice to hear this. It is nice to hear this. And uh, not to talk, you know, too soon about the matters at hand, but I, I surely hope that the whole reason for you barring us from the city was purely to push me to visiting you first and foremost <laughs> chancellor he's pouring himself a tankard of ale from the barrel in the corner of the room and he turns back to you with a little bit of a solemn look on his face i'm sorry doran that you came all this way but to be turned from the gates scarborough's been under quarantine for the 
last two ten day because of the rock plague. Nobody in or out. Oh. There's clerics in the city now seeing to the worst cases. From my last report, things are slowly getting better, but oh. it's slow going. Hmm. And I'm sorry to hear about Doreen. Oh. Doran. Auntie's always been good to me and the boys. Yes. Well, that that is... I'd be lying if I if I was saying that, you know, I, I wasn't... If I wasn't relieved to hear that it wasn't me specifically that was barred from entering the city, but it, it is disturbing. Oh, no! Of course not! Don't I wish be the ridiculous. Guard would have, I wish the guard would have said that a little bit more. He just said that I was barred. But regardless, I'm not going to dwell on it. Here we are, and, and, and it is disturbing, though, to hear that... that that there's a uh... rock plague. It's terrible, just terrible. Murray's watching this go down, and when and when she sees him give him this look, just trying to watch his body language. Can I roll insight? Absolutely. Fifteen. <laughs> He's stressed out. Hmm. He looks a little bit more tired uh, than he's letting on, probably, and um, he's a little worried. Right. But trying to keep up a jovial countenance otherwise. Well, hold on, Doran. Turn around. Turn around. Turn around. Bright eyes. <laughs> Doran turns around. Shave me naked and call me a rock gnome. Oh, no. <laughs> that axe on your back? Doran. Surely that's not. Oh. <laughs> what the fuck is a legendary weapon like Orc Splitter doing with a great coward like yourself? No offense. Coward. Where did you even find her? Hey, I should take great offense to that. Can I wield her? It would be my pleasure. Here, give her a go. And he tosses Orc Splitter across the room. You just hear her go, ah! she throws Oh, it the she's air. coming back to me. <laughs> oh, I'll kill for that hammer back. This is King Toriel's flame tongue's weapon, if I'm not mistaken. You know She's it. She's seen better days. And he runs his thumb along her blade. Is that a notch on her blade, Doran? Have you been using her to chop lumber? Not just lumber, but also to chop up stone giants. I mean, do you know how those things can dent a good iron or, or piece of steel? No shit. That's some story. I could regale you all night. You know how I like to regale. <laughs> <laughs> you regale like no other. Listen, you look famished and travel weary, the lot of you. We are. It's almost dinner time. I insist you take some guest rooms here for tonight, as long as you're not showing any signs of the plague. We aren't. He looks carefully from face to face. What are the signs of the plague? Is it hunger? Because I'm hungry. You get terrible rock skin and itch face and oh it's terrible my face does feel itchy is my face itchy jack is it itchy well, just because it's itchy doesn't mean it's rock itchy that's fleas <laughs> how dare you Mary? how dare you i'll tell you Gautier, the only thing that we've been plagued with is running into some dragon cultists on the west entrance of uh of Scarborough, the, 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 the west entrance of scarborough and his face gets very serious yes not Clarion. Yes, yes. Uh, Damn. I'll, I'll tell you more later, but we'd slaughtered those cultists. Well, good for you. It wasn't just me. Did you let any of them escape? None. Not one survived, but I did hear a, a roar in the deep. 
let's catch up and we can talk about this later. Well, hey, if we're staying here for dinner, then let's get comfortable. I'll go put my stuff in the front hall and, and we'll relax for the evening. Listen, Red, I'll have one of the men show you to your chambers. You can get all washed up and whatnot, and then we'll sup together. I have a little other company here. I see you don't mind the diverse underdark sorts. Of course not. And his gaze moves over to Alistair the Duragar. Oh, this is Alistair. Uh, sorry about that. Alistair, come have a seat next to Jack. Relax. Uh, my, my apologies. Um, I would have introduced you right off the bat, except Alistair is um, a fairly new uh, companion to the party. I I don't think... Uh, we're just taking him on the way home, and, and he was recently a gnome. Say no more. <laughs> <laughs> Perfectly understandable. Recently a gnome. Yep. My wife was also recently a gnome. We'll rehash it all at dinner time. It's a long story, but uh, you know what? A wash-up <laughs> sounds nice, and Red walks up to the Chancellor and says, It's really nice to meet you, and I appreciate you taking us in, and he shakes his hand. And he shakes your hand back, Red, warmly looking up at you, um, appreciatively. And I know that you mean the best for Doran, right? Of course. I mean... We're cousins after all. Can I roll insight on that? <laughs> See? I don't trust anybody. 23. Whoa! Hmm. There's a lot of jovial, good-natured friendliness radiating off of this dwarf, but you do sense an undercurrent of something that may be jealousy. I'm excited to get a nice dwarven bed. Uh, a dwarven bed soft, Doran? Oh. Well, for a rock. Some are. Some are not. <laughs> well, I guess we'll see. As you're led off down the hall by one of the other men-at-arms, Jack, you look down at a little pressure on your shoulder, and you see that the Myconid Traveler has taken up residence with you. Uh, hey, buddy. Jack says to the little mushroom. He toddles towards your neck from your shoulder and sort of rests against your cheek and he puts a little hand there amidst the scruff of where your beard is starting to grow back in and it seems like he is trying to offer you some kind of reassurance um thanks for checking in Thank you once again to our wonderful Patreon supporters Adam Fry, Amanda Kitchener, Amy Garza, Anne, Atholagoth, Cecil Lee Wilson, Jerry Rose Anderson, Christopher, Colin Burkhart, Crow, Casey, DS, Dippity, Elizabeth H., Flynn, Gareth Bradshaw, Haley, Haley again, Harper the Marks, Indrid Hartley, Jekyll, JD, Joy Robinson, Jory, KR, KM, Cade, Lasagna, Last Ruth on the left, Leader J, Lizzie Demon, Lorelai Feldman, Matilda Rushing, Melinda Curley, Moon, Melissa, Merlin, Sam C, Regan, Wren, Ruth Ann Reed, Scotty, S-Ray 96, Tony Pepperoni, Xander Morning Dove, Zephyrus, and Zach House. Woo! Well, I quit. You're going to figure it out. 
I like when that happens. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hulu.